Catch Up With Cat. Hello and welcome to Catch Up With Cat with me, Cat Harvey. It's the final week of this little show, hoping to make a big difference with some uplifting banter and helpful advice. And it's Monday, and we know what that means. We all need a boost, and I know the perfect person. Joining me once again for a catch-up is choreographer Chris Stewart-Wilson, who specialises in working with dementia patients and vulnerable groups, and is just a little ray of sunshine. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Hello, Kat. I'm really well, thank you. Great to be back again. You are so welcome. I'm delighted to have you back. You are in charge of our Monday morning motivation. Are you up for this challenge? Oh, the pressure, the pressure. Well, let's rise to the challenge. Let's see what we can do. Fantastic. Now, remind anyone who's maybe not met you before or heard of you before, what exactly is it you do with regards the classes that you teach? Um, so I do a lot of classes for a lot of people of all ages and ability. Um, so that's working with just within the community. I also work with professional dance as well, full spectrum. Um, and one massive area that I work in is working with um, the elderly um, and providing uh, physical and mental stimulation um, through through the power of music and dance. So that's one big area that I'm kind of involved in. Is it true you actually had a medical background before you um, started doing the dancing full time? Yes, although that makes it sound a lot more impressive than it actually is. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> it does. It does sound <laughs> I, um, impressive. <laughs> um, I, did, I did a medical science degree. Um, so I, um, yeah, I, I'm not doctor, I got a BSc with honours in medical anatomy and physiology. So yeah, um, I've kind of now coined the term Dr. Dance a little bit. So that's that's. Oh, kind of my yes. <laughs> Let me guess, are you selling t-shirts and merchandise to all the lovely old ladies and gents? <laughs> well, that will come, of course, in time, for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so tell me then, Chris, um, why is exercise so important for our mental health then? What is it that makes us so happy when we do this right well on a physiological level it's basically down to endorphins so i mean you've probably heard all the science about you know exercise is good for you and you know go for a walk and go for a run all these things and that is people say that because that is absolutely true but for a lot of people exercise can be just this idea of you know it's hard work it's not necessarily exciting you know the idea of going to the gym or all the rest of it but what music and dance does is it kind of disguises the fact that you're actually doing exercise um, by making it kind of fun so your endorphin <laughs> rush is even higher but yet you're also you know you're doing some really good good work for your body I love that. So we're actually using music to hide the fact we're having to work hard. That's genius. Exactly. It really is. And especially with some of the stuff that I get people to do, I'm like, look at you all doing this. And we're calling this exercise. And yet, you know, you're doing a cheerleading routine with dish towels. You know, it's kind of just hilarious how, how you can disguise the idea that you're doing a workout. <laughs> I need to pick you up on that. A cheerleading routine with dish towels. Is that one of your popular routines? <laughs> okay, so just to go into a little bit of detail on that. So I teach for um, an organisation in Edinburgh called Dance Base. I've been doing that for about 15 years. And since the whole lockdown, I've actually been teaching classes for them Monday to Friday, every day at five till six. And obviously, everybody's Zooming in <laughs> to my living room. And we've had, you know, 60 people in almost every day from all over the world. 
I'm trying to think outside the box. I've been trying to kind of go, let's not pretend, you know, let's 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 just acknowledge the fact that we're at home and we, we can't get to the dance studio and stuff. <laughs> so I've been trying to make all my routines inspired by things around the house. So it's like using a, a, a mop for a cane or in the instance I just gave, like doing a cheerleading routine with some dish towels. And you know what? People just go for it. So um, yeah, there are... <laughs> There are some advantages to this lockdown after all. We have plenty of music here on the radio station, as you know. And I have asked you to come up with a couple of exercises to lift my mood today. Not that my mood is down, but just to boost my mood and uh, make us all feel amazing. And I'm a bit scared about this because you've mentioned cheerleading with tea towels. The last time you were on, we had a chair Charleston class, I think it was. Um, so, So what have you got in store for me today then, Chris? Well, um, I figured we needed to do something ridiculous and silly. And, okay. And so I thought I thought we'd go back to the 1960s today. Okay. To kind of have a look at the kind of go-go style that was a, kind of around about that time. And I should probably say that the common theme with all of this is that dance crazes were all all came about to literally lift the mood of the people. For example, the Charleston came in at the end of the First World War because everybody needed to have a good time and all the rest of it. So all these dances that I tend to pick tend to have a, a, a meaning. They are literally, they have they've come about because people needed that lift. Um, so I always say my mantra in life is when you're doing your dancing, as soon as you start to feel a bit ridiculous, you're doing it right. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> On that note, um, I thought we would um, embrace the 1960s, which for some reason was really, there was a lot of motifs which were about animals (laughs) and surfing, uh, like in, you know, the whole Beach Boys kind of uh, period. So I thought that we would do a bit of the monkey, maybe a little bit of the hitchhiker, maybe a bit of the chicken. What do you think, Kat? You up for that? I'm I'm up for being a hitchhiking monkey chicken. Not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now... Okay, well, first of all, you can do this standing, you can do this seated, because it's basically all arms, um, certainly for the monkey. And all I'm going to get you to do is just imagine that you just extend, we'll do this slowly so that we don't get too excited, and obviously make sure that you've got some space free that you're not going to hit anything. (laughs) I just want you to, like, put both your arms out in front of you, straighten them, but just slightly relax them at the um, elbows so they're not completely locked out, and then just raise one arm and then... Rock one arm and lower the other one at the same time and swap them around. So, can you imagine that action just now? I'm yeah, just I'm, doing to, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah. Right. I don't... <laughs> the idea is that you kind of move them from side to side and round about. But also, what's quite important is you add the go-go head. So the go-go head is this, just a little shake of the head, nothing too crazy from side to side. Ah, you know, sudden, uh, suddenly it's coming it. together, Chris. Suddenly it's coming together. Yeah. <laughs> and from that, yep. you can then bring your arms to your side, bend your elbows. Okay, so bend your elbows and imagine you're kind of holding your fist slightly, just almost next to your shoulders. Okay. Um, I should also say that I'm actually outside and I'm doing this right now. <laughs> Where um, are you? Are you so... in a, please tell me you're in a public street. <laughs> I'm in a public street, but in a quiet place so that there's no traffic. <laughs> but I am literally in view of the public doing what I'm about to do, which is now the chicken. Right. So Good. with your arms, <laughs> with your arms in that position, yep. fists in and elbows bent. Raise your elbows out the side and then just bring them in, as you would imagine. Oh, I'm good at this one. Yeah. Yeah, but you've got, got you've got to get that wobble head going on as well <laughs> here. Um, 
And then, once you've got the chicken going, I want you to then bring your thumbs up. Uh-huh. And become a hitchhiking chicken. Yeah! <laughs> and throw that... Throw your arms over your shoulder, like one hand over your shoulder, yep. then the other one, and keep that wobbly head going. Uh-huh. And of course, you can also twist your feet on the spot at the same uh-huh. time. I am literally doing this right now in a car park. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Somebody's going to phone for help for you. <laughs> Brilliant. And, um, yes. and that is that. So a little... Fantastic. <laughs> that is Oh, <laughs> Chris, if nothing else, you've made me laugh and that is half the battle. Do you know what? You're an absolute star, Chris Stewart-Wilson. Thank you so much. Too much monkey business for one morning. I'm off to find a banana. <laughs> Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. Don't forget to check out clearyourhead.scot for advice on stress management, health and nutrition and also getting a better sleep. With cat. I'm joined for a catch-up this afternoon by consultant psychiatrist Dr John Mitchell. Hello John, thanks for joining me again. How are you getting on? Hi Kat, uh, absolutely fine. Um, what about yourself? I tip-top, as, as good as can be expected, that's the main thing. <laughs> I'm loving that we can now meet a friend for a walk, a socially distanced walk. That's made a, a really big difference to me. I think a lot of people are feeling the same, just to see another couple of faces in their lives. Yes, I know it starts to feel a bit I, I like we're sort of getting there, doesn't it? It just makes, mm. a, makes a difference, yeah. Now, the whole lockdown thing, John, well, we'll get to kind of some of the main points of uh, the anxiety of coming out of it in a minute, but the whole lockdown mm. thing has been such an emotional roller coaster for so many people, hasn't it? What have been the main issues that you've been having to deal with? Well, I, I, I mean, right at the start, um, you know, people's anxiety levels really just shot up, and you can completely understand that, you know, because we didn't know what to face, we didn't know what it was going to be like. You know, people were frightened of simple things like running out of food, you know. Um, and I think as the weeks have gone by and we've realised that to some extent, you know, many, many things in life have just continued, you know, like the supermarkets are, you know, still open and, um, and, and you know, the, it, it's got a bit easier and I think people have kind of got used to it. So we are in phase one, which I guess is a transitional phase. Right. We do have a little bit more freedom but that in itself can be stressful. Why is this? I've got used to being at home, and I suppose we're mm. we're we're now being you know invited to um, spend more time outdoors, but you know meet people that we haven't seen for a long time, and and some people are going to need to be going back to work. You know, um, so that means for some people they'll need to get on buses and trains. And uh, and all of that really is is scary because you think, well, um, you know, the virus is still out there and it still can infect you and it can still affect your loved ones. And, uh, you know, and home always feels safe, doesn't it? But, you yeah. know, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tight. We've been very patient in it and now we've got a need to be brave, really. So what can we do to help these anxieties and fears if we are maybe a bit frightened of going back to work, like you said, or getting on a bus or jumping on the train? Well, I think it first helps to realise that, you know, like everybody is in this boat together and the anxiety is entirely normal. The, the reason for us feeling frightened is a real reason and there's no getting around that. And, um, and that's why we have to stick to the rules, you know, and those are the rules that are going to protect us. Um, although we, we get used to 
being more free, we don't need to be more scared of that because the total risk to us outside should be falling. And that's the logic. But unfortunately, you know, folk are, <laughs> we're all emotional creatures. So in regards to going back to work and um, maybe meeting your pals again, is it important that we address our fears sort of face on to stop them becoming bigger, you know, to stop them becoming yeah. barriers and making us not go out? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, the, the research experience and also clinical experience of treating people with, you know, anxiety disorders is yeah. that for every sort of anxiety disorder, that uh, if, you av- if you avoid... Um, something because you're frightened of it then it it just gets worse um, and you get more anxious and all of the treatments that we have to help people with anxiety disorders are really all about what we call exposure they're all about how we safely and um, helpfully get somebody to face the fears and actually um, you know just you know, just conquer them. Because unless we do that, if we hide from what we're frightened of, the next time we have to face it, it's just 10 times worse for us. I mean, that that sounds so obvious, but I can understand if somebody does have that fear, it must seem like the biggest task in the world to do it. So hypothetically speaking, John, say for example, I'm terrified of going back in public transport, right? And I know that I've got to get a bus to work tomorrow. Is there anything I can do ahead of getting that bus that will make it just that little bit less stressful for me. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you're right. Um, you know, people are going to have to get back on buses, um, and but the first time is going to be scary. And I, I think um, what would, is good is before you go on that journey, you know, in, when you're calm and safe and you're at home, is to is to go through it in your mind to prepare yourself for that journey and what you can do to actually, you know, be in control and reduce your risks on it. So I'd, I'd for example, think about um, making sure that you got to the bus stop or the train station, you know, in in good time, you know, so Mm -hmm. that you're not in a flap about uh, running for the bus and having to jump on it. You know, you're there and you're prepared. Um, So that's about looking up, you know, bus timetables and and that kind of stuff. The next thing is, when you are on public transport, you know, you should be covering your face. So you want to make sure that you've you've decided what face covering you're going to use. Now, some people might not have put a face covering on yet. So have a practice, you know, so that, um, you know, the, uh, how the elastic bands go around your ears and all that kind of stuff. You're used to doing that before you're flustered and, you know, getting on the bus to do it. Um, contactless payment. You know, um, ideally, if you have a card that allows you to, you know, wave it in front of the, uh, a payment rather than have to use uh, coins and money is, again, something that you can prepare for. And then think about, you know, again, it's all about just taking your time and trying to remain calm. When you step onto that bus and you've paid and you've got your face covering on, don't just stop and look round and think about your environment you're in and take your time to think about where do I sit down, avoiding, t- you know, touching things and, yeah. you know, following the guidance that will be there for you. Um, and the very last thing is that, you know, after you've done this and really very regularly, we should be cleaning our hands thoroughly. So you want to think about where are you going to be able to do that? How are you going to be able to do that? Do you need to have, you know, hand gel and wipes in your pockets that you can use? You know, and as as well, you know, is there a, a sink that you you know that'll be close by that you can go and wash your hands in? So you want to think about these things and rehearse 
rehearse that first time so that you can do it in a you know planned kind of way so just that little bit of planning is going to relieve a bit of stress and anxiety when we have to do these things that's really really great advice John thank you so much what's your final advice then for everybody who's starting to emerge from lockdown then whether it's you know they might have the kids going back to school in August they're a bit scared of that they do have to restart work what's your sort of overall general advice to them as I said I think you know we've 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 learned to be patient haven't we and now we need to be brave you know Um, you know we we've We've got to keep ourselves and each other safe. We've got to stick to the rules. We've got to keep doing that and learn new habits. But also, you know, we've got a responsibility to our children to get them back into school. We've got a responsibility to get the economy back going again. And we've also a responsibility for our own mental and physical health, you know, to actually get back out and, um, and, and uh, you know, start um, living again. Um, and we have to find that right balance, you know, that right balance of, you know, being careful but not being frightened. Absolutely brilliant once again. John, thank you so much for joining me for a little catch-up. Um, if you want some more information on any of these techniques or some stress management, go to the website clearyourhead.scot. It's full of absolutely fantastic advice as well. John, thank you so much for joining me and we'll maybe catch up another time. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. For more tips on stress management, check out the website clearyourhead.scot. Catch up with Kat. I'm joined tonight for a catch-up by Laura Beveridge from the Kindness Wave. Hello, Laura. How are you? Hello, Kat. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm tip-top. Thank you. Now, I absolutely love the positivity of the name, the Kindness Wave. So you need to tell me all about it. What is the Kindness Wave? Oh, thank you. Um, So the Kindness Wave started um, just at the beginning of lockdown. um, And I had been chatting to a friend of mine called Maxine Sloss from the Superpower Agency. Um, which is an amazing organisation that do lovely projects with children and young people and they write books, they do pen pal projects between sort of children and older people. Um, so Maxine and I just met over the phone and I heard you know, loads of brilliant stuff about her work and I talked a lot about um, you know, the work that I've been doing with Independent Care Review up until March. Um, and both of us really shared like that kind of same concern about children and young people and the impact that has on families and both me and Maxine are mums um, and we're always looking for stuff to do. We're both really creative, um, but even, you know, having those that kind of creative creativity, we still run out of ideas and it's good to kind of speak to other mums and different people and different ideas. Yep. Um, so we had a great chat about that. Um, and then I was also talking about four young people that I know really well. Um, and three of them are like living on their own um, so they're like totally in isolation during lockdown um, and I just kind of wanted to hold them in mind and you know send, do something um, to say that you're loved and you know I'm thinking of you and to give them a few things to do so Maxine has a lovely friend called Rose um, who runs the Main Street uh, bookshop down in the Borders um, and Rose and Mac- Maxine put together these beautiful parcels uh, for four of these girls um, filled with books, um, some nice bubble bath, um, things like, you know, colouring in materials, nice pencils, yeah. stuff like that, um, and little badges and just wee things to make them feel really, really valued um, and that, you know, I was thinking of them. 
so the girls got them and they were just over the moonlight and really bright in their day and one of them said you know they were having a really tough time at that point um, just kind of lockdown sink, sinking in and it was really difficult but just receiving something like that really brightened up our day which was lovely um, so Maxine and I like on the back of that feedback we thought we have to keep doing this like it'd be lovely to reach <laughs> Like lots of different children and young people and um, we thought well Max seems down in the borders and I'm in Edinburgh but we we're like we can just open that up to Scotland you know so I wrote to um, the STV Children's Appeal okay, um, and that was on that was on the Friday um, and on the Monday they were like yeah we want to give you £3,000 and we were like my god this is incredible so, so I, I can't believe it's, it started then basically just with four parcels to people that you knew and now it's become a national thing. How does that make you feel that your idea is taken off in this way? Oh, it's so exciting. It's lovely because, like, you know, I was kind of just wanted to do something nice, you know. Um, but it's kind of turned into a wee family thing as well. So Maxine's daughter's helping with the parcels. I've got a wee seven-year-old Maya, so she's been a real big influence in that. And my younger sister, Emily, she designed the, the logo. So we sent um, Emily and... Um, Maya's beautiful kind of colourful design that was inspired by four of the girls' favourite colours. Um, we sent that to okay. LR um, Studios um, and they kind of, you know, did it, you know, done all their branding. Um, but it's lovely that it's all hmm. been kind of designed by children and um, and all the feedback that we've had from the first wave. So we were supposed to be sending 100 parcels, but it's kind of went... Um, to 170 because we've got so much free stuff which is incredible Can I ask Laura then how, how do you choose the people that are getting the parcels then? So it's it's really it's a lovely way of doing it because there's no it's, it would be so difficult to decide you know who should get one and who shouldn't so what we did is we just opened up nominations um, so there was an mm-hmm. open call and we said look we've got um, enough to do 100 parcels so if you know somebody um, a child or young person that just needs a wee bit of comfort and support right now, let us know and we'll make them a parcel and then we would take like their age um, and what they're interested in and things and then we would gauge what, what sort of book they would like, that kind of thing. And it's been really lovely because when we're making the parcels, it's like you really get to know the children. Um, so there's a wee boy that said he, he loved cheese, so we got like a lovely wee book and it was all about all the different cheeses. It's so sweet. Um, so it's really unique to them. Not, not only is there kindness there, there's a lot of thought going into it. I'm guessing that you and your daughter and everyone that's putting these packages together are getting something back as well. You know, you must have a really incredible sense of, and not quite achievement, but just being part of something. Yeah, I think for me, it's actually kept me sane. <laughs> like, <laughs> just having, having something you know, really productive to do and... Um, and it's so much fun, um, you know, because my job ended at, at the end of March and I was like, what am I going to do? Um, so it's actually came at the perfect time, you know, because it's kept me really focused. And, and also my wee girl, like, she's, she doesn't like the home learning um, PowerPoint that we get sent. We're not very good at, at kind of sticking with that. But this is really productive and, you know, she's learning all the time. And um, there's a few of her friends and um, little cousins and stuff that are writing um, notes to the children as well so I mentioned like hope was one of the things that we put in um, and that's just give, kind of giving them words of comfort um, and a bit of hope so the kids have, have done lovely rainbows on these wee cards and said we're thinking of you um, and you know take good care and you know we'll get through this sort of thing so it was lovely 
how can people help you out then? How can we get in touch with you and maybe offer you some of our stuff if we're a producer or maybe just help with, I don't know, distribution? Yeah. Is, there, is there any way we can help you? Yeah, so uh, the website um, is up and running um, and that's at www.thekindnesswave.org.uk. Um, and we've got a Just Given page. Um, so we have obviously wanted to you know, raise some more funds so we can keep doing open nominations and, and also do targeted projects with different organisations um, like Aberlour and Children First and things. Because we sent out a few packs um, you know, to their families. And I think it's important that, that we do do wee bits of targeted work because we know there's a lot of families that don't have access to these things, you know. Although, like, all children are, you know, this is a challenge for everybody. Mm. I think that we do have that, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we are targeting these parcels, uh, you know, to children within these charities as well. Um, so what, what we're doing now is raising another £3,000. Um, delighted to say that we've made £2,386, um, which has been incredible. So we're just needing that wee bit extra more and we've reached our target. So we're, we're not giving up. We're hoping that we're going to reach it. <laughs> um, and Northwood Charitable Trust has um, given us £1,500, which is incredible. Um, so because they're up in Dundee, you know, we're going to kind of work with Breakthrough Dundee, which is a mentoring organisation um, who have been a brilliant support to us as well. So we want to deliver um, parcels to their young people as well. Um, it's just as a, a sort of acknowledgement, you know, for their just patience, I think. Like, they've been so patient and the kids are doing incredibly well just now under these, ex- you know, extreme condi- conditions. Well, I, do you know what? I think you're doing an absolutely fantastic job. I can't believe that something that started off as you sending four presents to people you knew has gone all over Scotland. There's now branches in Oxfordshire and Bristol. And I get the feeling, Laura, it's just going to go from strength to strength. So good luck with all your future endeavours. I really can't wait to see what you get up to next. And I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for the the kindness wave, which I hope you continue to surf for many years to come. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. Don't forget, if you're looking for fitness tips or stress management advice, check out clearyourhead.scot. I am back tomorrow morning at 9.40 when we'll have our final catch-up with our Couch to 5K team. It's our reluctant volunteer, Craig Donald, still in one piece. Join us to find out. Catch up with Cat in association with the Scottish Government.